Welcome back to Relentless. I am really humbled and excited about this episode. If you're here joining us for the first time, thank you for coming. If you're coming back, thank you as well. I hope you'll take the time to subscribe to the podcast, share it with people that you think it would be beneficial for. And we're going to jump right into this episode because it's pretty deep. It's a pretty deep topic and difficult um, for sure, but at the same time that the whole point of this podcast is to help people see they can come through some very difficult things and change the world. Yes. So if you are listening or watching from out of state and you don't know where I am recording, I'm blessed to live in a great city, Charlotte, North Carolina, where we have a unbelievable community of small business owners, entrepreneurs, just individuals that are taking on the world with their passions. And through that network is how I met my next guest, Hannah Kay. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having the courage to come on this platform and share your story. I know that can be intimidating and scary, yes. but you're doing it. And there's going to be many lives touched, I believe, by your willingness to do that. So thank you for that. Yes, thank you. So before we get into your story, tell us a little bit about who Hannah Kay is, where you're from originally, um, your hobbies, interests, just a little bit of the, the surface everyday stuff. Yes, so um, everyday, I'm originally from Springdale, Arkansas, okay. which is in the northwest cor- corner of Arkansas mm-hmm. um, by the University of, so University of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. My entire family went to the University of Arkansas. I was actually the first one in my family to go away to college. Okay. Um, and I went to the University of Georgia, which I know we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> yes. um, some of my hobbies, I um, love to travel. And this is a newly, newly engaged hobby, um, traveling alone, which is sort of my new thing. Mm-hmm. I also... Um, I'm newly into hiking, which is crazy, nice. um, but I really love here in North Carolina, especially in Charlotte, mm-hmm. you have the beach just a little while, little ways away, mm-hmm. you have the mountains a little ways away, mm-hmm. and so it's great just to be able to hop away for the weekend yes. and, and do that. We're very lucky. We live in a great city. Yes, we, really we do. do. Yeah. So like, we met just a few weeks ago, um, and I was so excited about your story because um, like what I try to present on this podcast is everybody has things that they're going through mm-hmm. and people experience it di- in different ways. They take longer to get through them sometimes. But your story has so many twists and turns that I, I found so exciting <laughs> and I still haven't got to the bottom of some of it. So I want to figure <laughs> out how, how exactly you got through it all. But um, we're talking about domestic violence today. Yes. And it's, you know, the statistics are very clear. It happens a lot, a lot more than we think it does, probably less reported than it should be. Absolutely. Um, So, you know, one of the first questions, um, well, first of all, just give us kind of the background, um, like when you were married to begin with, kind of start off the story that way. Yes. So um, as I mentioned, I went to the University of Georgia. That is my very first week there. I met this guy and he was great and his... We ended up dating in college, Mm -hmm. as all college relationships go, well, except for not all, (laughs) because you have (laughs) a good one. But um, so we dated on and off in college, and then our lives went separate ways. I moved to Washington, D.C. He was in Georgia. Um, Then he moved to Washington, D.C. with me. And so he was my college sweetheart. I knew him for so long. And then um, after about 10 years, we got engaged, and then... 
two years after that, our gosh, I can't even remember the timeline. A year after that, <laughs> year after we got engaged, we got married. Um, and it actually turned into a, an abusive marriage. Mm-hmm. So then I, the worst night of my life was Super Bowl Sunday. It was actually Super Bowl Sunday five years ago. Mm-hmm. And so we just passed the five-year anniversary. Right. Yeah. And it was just, I couldn't hide or explain away this pain that was happening to me behind closed doors when it looked like I had this perfect life on the outside. I was Mm -hmm. married to my college sweetheart. We both had great jobs. We're active in the community. Mm -hmm. And behind closed doors, that just wasn't the case. Yeah. And those things don't just happen overnight. Right. Um, And there are many avenues, I would assume, that it starts to display itself. Um, So one of the first things I think of is, you know, did you, in trying to help young women that are coming up that are in relationships now trying to prepare them and give them your hindsight because it's 2020 yes 100 2020 <laughs> um, yes did you see, looking back now if you were more aware of the the potential were there signs that you saw in the beginning you know and yes hindsight is 100 percent 2020 mm-hmm. and it you know one of the things that i had always heard just from anybody talking was in a marriage everyone fights mm-hmm. well now again hindsight 2020 everyone doesn't fight everyone disagrees there's right. different levels of altercation fighting, <laughs> if you will yeah. um yes altercation mm-hmm. and so in the back of my mind i thought well maybe this is how every relationship is mm-hmm. if i leave this one and go into another one at least i know how this one's going to be. So why would I leave another one to go into this other relationship? And so one of the things that I want people to know is no, not everyone fights. That's, that's not the case. Right. And, um, and you said, you know, are there signs and that, that is one of the questions that I get asked a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, when did you start seeing things? Mm -hmm. And my answer is always hindsight's 2020 because I don't think that I did. Mm -hmm. And especially then people weren't really talking about it, which is why I really want to talk about it too. To know, again, not everyone fights. This Mm -hmm. isn't the way to handle Mm -hmm. things. Yes, absolutely. There are so many cliches and stigmas that go around relationships Mm -hmm. and philosophies of belief, Mm -hmm. religious belief. We'll get into some of that later. But um, I think that's a good point to point out is sometimes there is no precursor. Sometimes there is, are no signs. Right. And then, and then you come to a point of life where you have to decide, okay, am I going to make a path shift here? Mm-hmm. Because in situations where there were signs and you knew them, that's kind of a different story at that point. Well, and also I think that it's extremely important, no matter if you don't want to hear it on the other side, If someone sees this in you to speak up at that point, because Mm -hmm. I actually had people again later after I was getting divorced that said, your house used to look so happy. And then all of a sudden it went dark. And one of the main reasons was because I used to always keep this light on in my house in the in the front entry. Mm -hmm. And it was that was my thing. Mm -hmm. I always kept it Mm -hmm. on. And then slowly but surely it just it it physically went dark in my house yes. because it was just in in, in more figuratively and literally. Yes. And we'll talk about closed. that in a few minutes of the signs of someone being in a relationship mm-hmm. that's abusive. Um, 
So when, so you were dating for 10 years. Well, so that, not fair. <laughs> so we had known each other for okay. 10 years. Right. And, um. That's okay. My, my husband was my best friend's ex-boyfriend. I, so know, okay. I know, right? I love that. Good episode. <laughs> yeah. um, Go back and watch yeah. that one. Yes. And, uh, so we actually didn't date until sort of the end of, He's a couple of years older, mm -hmm. so he was about to graduate, and I was going off to study abroad. We dated before that, and then that's why we broke up, because he was graduating and I was going to study abroad. Right. Then when I moved to D.C., I actually, again, kind of hindsight 2020, you know, we went our own separate ways. We always texted or called on birthdays, holidays, mm -hmm. um, throughout the year occasionally, mm -hmm. I actually went back and looked through kind of our texts and stuff, even even when we were married and it was good in the happy times. Mm -hmm. He had courted me for two years. Mm -hmm. um, he was in Georgia. I was in D.C. But, you know, we'd kind of date other people every now and then. But going right. back, it was a two solid years that mm -hmm. he was, you know, Keeping that trying context. to get yeah. back together. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, no, we're, we're in two different <laughs> cities. Um, and that, I think that's such a great point to make is so something changed with him. So everything seemed to be moving along as it should in any relationship that's, you know, learning your way and figuring each other out. But eventually down the road, something changed with him that made your situation turn out differently than you ever expected. Right. And I, one of the things that I will say is in our two years of marriage, we did go through a lot. We both had new jobs. He moved to D.C., then I moved to Georgia everything. Um, one of the things that I know I mentioned to you, we may talk about in a little bit, but when things started to go a little awry, because he also was starting his own company at the time, mm -hmm. just all the stressors that come with that. And so we actually went to see a therapist who just told us that that was just what newlyweds, that's a normal newlywed. Did you share with him specifically that he was being physically abusive? So I, I mean, truth be told, I probably did not say those mm -hmm, words. Mm -hmm. In my mind, I was probably trying, trying to, to trying to, but give the hints. I don't. To be fair, I don't it. know yeah. that I did. Well, we were in the same room. Right. It, it wasn't a one-on-one. -on -one. We were both together. Right. Um. So. So I think that's so. When I'm talking to people about their health, I'm always my relentless mindset is you have to keep going, you have to keep going. So in that situation, you you obviously were afraid and scared, so you didn't want to just come out and say, say the thing. Say, yeah. So, but you did eventually come out with that. But it, it was a process. So was what what was your internal dialogue from the progression of the very first time there was a physical involvement? Mm -hmm through the situation. So what was that? Because I know that there are women going through it right now. Right. And they're thinking a certain way. So what was going on in your mind while it was happening when it really started getting bad? Yes. And that is another thing about domestic violence also is that the apologies come afterwards. It, there, it's Every case is different. Let mm -hmm. me sure, preface sure. that for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the statistics say it's bad, and then it's the super over-the-top, I, you know, I'm so sorry, it'll never happen again, and mm -hmm. it's it's just this vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. And so for me, in my head, when everybody fights, it's sort of, okay, well, this is the one situation that's going to happen to the next. And then looking back, I sort of probably, again, not as verbally as I thought in my head, mm -hmm. but felt like I was 
calling out and giving little teasers and saying, I don't think things are going great and wanting someone to give me permission to leave my marriage. But I I didn't tell anyone. Mm -hmm. I didn't really talk about it Mm -hmm. until I couldn't hide the bruises and the marks. And that was the Super Bowl Sunday incident Mm -hmm. when there was no hiding it. Yeah. So when you are, when you, now that you've on the other side, we'll talk more about your after story later, but when you're, when you have, you're out speaking now with mm-hmm. different groups and trying to be an inspiration and encouragement to people, I'm sure you're getting people come to you and say, this is my story. This is what yes. I went through. How are you trying to help people <clears throat> rationalize, you know, the situation? Because I had a friend go through something very similar mm-hmm. And I remember her always thinking, if I would have done this differently, if I would have said this or done this at this time, or always trying to figure out how she could fix it. But I kept telling her, this has nothing to do with you. First of all, none of us are perfect. Right. So were mistakes made on both sides? Of course, because we're human. Yeah. But what is it that you're trying to get across to women and men, too, because men suffer from this as well, mm-hmm. um, in that transitional period? of how to keep going because you have to get out at some point. You do. And it it is not easy. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to kind of take it back a little bit too, because that doesn't go away. Right. And even today, I actually had this feeling of I'm having a really bad day. I I have a bunch of trigger warnings that happened last night and today. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know how I can get up and talk about this. And And that doesn't go away because Mm -hmm. it's always, what if, what if one thing would have changed? What if it were different? What if I were still living in Georgia in my dream home Mm -hmm. and a house full of kids and Mm -hmm. and this and that? And you can't say, what if? You pick up your boots as hard as it is. Mm -hmm. Trust me, Mm -hmm. it is so hard. And look towards the future. Mm -hmm. And what I think is important and why I share my story is it's so important for us to know that we are not alone. Right. We're not the only ones. Mm-hmm. There are so many people going out there. And so when I go out and speak and someone comes up to me and and says something, the first thing I say is thank you for sharing. Right. Thank you for telling your story mm-hmm. because it is so important. And even if I'm the only person that they tell, just to to tell someone. Mm-hmm. And you for me and for everyone, every case is different. So yes. it's hard to give this blanket this thing. is what you do. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The what, I know we'll get into this in a minute, but the nonprofit that I partner with, DomesticShelters.org, is a great resource for nationwide mm-hmm. f- to learn the signs and the resources and to be able yeah. to talk about them. So it's just like with your health. When you have something wrong with you that can't be diagnosed because it doesn't have a test for it, you have to stay relentless in finding health. Yeah. In a situation like this, you have to keep going till you get the right people yes. in your corner. Yes. Yes. So it's a reminder, number one, is who is in your corner, your friends. Are they true friends mm-hmm. that can see these things and be there for you when you speak to them? Mm-hmm. Um, but then even further from that is you don't, don't get in the place where you are and get stuck. Right. Keep going. Keep looking. Yes. Um, so back, you know, to the situation where you were... Um, 
You didn't have children. Did not have children. Okay, so that's that's one big component. Right. That some and other, I am very aware people... of the people who have children right. and have to figure out yeah. a whole new plan yeah. because that's a whole different yeah. scenario that I did not have. But I know. So we talked earlier. So once you had come through a, a time of that back and forth of a physical altercation happening, the apology, the okay, should I stay? Should I go? That working that out in yourself. Mm-hmm. You had kind of a um, a day where it couldn't be hidden anymore. Right. So that, that helped you almost cross over to making a decision and tell us about that Absolutely. day. Absolutely. So um, the worst night happened on Super Bowl Sunday. My dad actually lived 45 minutes to an hour away. And every single month we had a daddy-daughter date, mm-hmm. whether it was hanging out all day, just hanging around the couch, watching movies mm-hmm. or going to lunch, whatever. You did not miss Daddy-Daughter Day mm-hmm. for anything. Yeah. So Super Bowl Sunday, Daddy-Daughter Day was scheduled for Wednesday. I knew that my bruises and marks were not going to go away. So I remember saying pretty pretty soon after, I have to tell Daddy. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not canceling this Daddy-Daughter date. Mm-hmm. And truth be told... That was probably the thing that got me to say, because it would have been so easy for me to stay home and make excuses and hide it away. Mm -hmm. But it was that one thing, which is why it's also super important to continue checking in on your friends and just the simple check in, because they may that may be their opportunity. You could have made a different decision that day and have still been there. Right. Yeah. So that's that's, so. It's so important to be aware of our community, aware of our friends. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you shared with your husband, I am not going to cancel with my dad. I mean, you had to be scared. Right. Yeah. So was was there a component with you every day that you, because that's part of some of the reading I was doing was, were you every day worried you were going to make him mad to cause him to do something? Or was it out of the blue for him? Like, what was the dynamic? So that's, that's an interesting question. Um, that's a really good question to think about because I don't know. I think it was just random. Mm-hmm. I don't because if it were every day and I would be able to predict it, then it, right. Yeah. And so it it wasn't mm-hmm. that I could have picked up on right. or that I ever did pick up mm-hmm. on. And I didn't know what would trigger it. And so that's a really good question. I've never, <laughs> I've never thought about that. Well, there's so many but, ways you can go with the psychology behind right. why someone would step into the realm of physical abuse. And right. you probably will never know. And right. We can't no. figure that out. No. It's just like I, when we talk about some a murderer, mm-hmm. we can't comprehend that. Right. That's not in our realm of right. thinking because we don't think that way. Someone that is transitioned into physical violence, we can't comprehend it. But thinking of other women in this situation, I know that some people, they're in a, a relationship where they know there's a temper or there's anger that they have seen for mm-hmm. years. And so they're, they're planning their day, their speech, right. they're watching all those things, which I think is an, it's such a great example of your situation is you, not all situations are the same, like you right. said. There is no um, standard protocol for who this might happen to. There is no, I did this, so this happened. Mm -hmm. Or if I look out for this and this type person, this this might happen. Mm -hmm. It's just something you have to be aware of 
Yes. And then and then prepare for it if it happens to show itself. And one of the things that I also want to bring up, because also since I've started telling my story, a lot more people have come up because one of the forms of abuse that is actually more prevalent and is the emotional abuse. Mm. So you don't have those mm -hmm. physical scars yes. and that. And, and some people have actually said to me, well, I wasn't really abused because it was like emotional abuse. And I thought, well, that, yeah. no, because <clears throat> the words, those always stay with you. Yes. The bruises, the pain can go away, mm -hmm. but that is also so hard. Absolutely. Well, I, and I'm with my story. I, did not suffer any physical abuse from my father, but he was very emotionally and verbally mm. abusive. Mm -hmm. And it does stick with you. Yes. And I remember thinking as a child, I wish, this is horrible to say, mm. but it's my truth. I remember at times that I wish he would have hit me mm. so that there could have been proof of how mean mm. he was. Um, but in my situation that I learned as a teenager how to look out for temper. So that's, you know, when I, when I ask you about your right. precursors, obviously you had a great relationship with your dad. Yes. So you had a great example yes. of what a man uh, should yes. be. So yes. it wasn't Very again, it wasn't again, you came from a situation and repeated it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that at all. Um, but yeah, emotional abuse is very huge. And another interesting point that I wanted to make along the same lines of every situation is different is financial yes. abuse. Yes. And I, you don't even think about that unless you've been through it or unless you're studying or talking about mm -hmm. this topic. But, you know, in a situation where there's a marriage and there's children and the wife decides maybe even at an early age, she wants to stay home with the children. That's mm -hmm. the role that she wants to play. There are many cases where the finances are completely the man's responsibility mm -hmm. and he has all the bucket right, <laughs> right. knowledge of it. She has nothing mm -hmm. and and is living happily and taking care of the kids. And that's the role she wants. Mm -hmm. 10, 15 years down the road, something happens. She has absolutely no identity and nothing to go on. Mm -hmm. and have you met anyone in that situation? I have. And I actually want to tell another story mm -hmm. also that people don't think about uh, because domestic violence isn't only about women. Mm -hmm. It's about men too. Yes. And we all think a lot of times, if it is the financial abuse, it's also that the man is making the money mm -hmm. and he's withholding it from his wife or mm -hmm. something. So actually, that's something that I really want to talk about because what people always think about is the man holds the money from the woman. Mm -hmm. And domestic violence is not only about women. Mm -hmm. um, men are abused as well. And one of the things, people don't always think that men can be financially abused. Right. Um, there's a story that actually, um, that I know that a man was making all of the money. He would bring it home. His wife would immediately take it from him and would give him an, an allowance. Uh -huh. And he was the one that was making the money. Mm -hmm. And, and that, you know, was complete opposite. Right. And so again, to the outside world, it looked as if, you know, well, he was making the money and right or not giving it to her right. when in reality it was the other way around. Yeah. So there are many ways this could play yes. out. I think the underlying thing that needs to be pointed out is if you're being mistreated on any level, if someone is putting you under them mm -hmm. and controlling, it's all about power. Yes. That's what abuse is about, is about mm -hmm. power and how it, it can play out in many different ways. Then you need to start getting help mm -hmm. and you need to start asking questions. I mean, feel empowered to do that because no one should live that way. Right. Um, in those situations, 
how, what, what advice were you giving those people or what, you know, how did you say to proceed? Right. Yeah. So, um, knowing those warning signs and just, again, just talking about this and knowing with financial abuse mm -hmm. that it, it's not always the man, it's not always the woman, because even the man at that point thought, oh, well, this is how, this it, is is. how it is. Right. And just talking about it and saying, um, you know, a lot of times people usually talk to me after they have gotten out mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So when they're in there and when I can help them, it's calling out the signs. When mm -hmm. you see somebody out and you see somebody that's not not feel good right you know and you get maybe that intuition yes which we that. talked about in in the suicide episode mm -hmm. talking is so important is. because it can start the conversation and start someone in the right direction it is so what you're saying is when, when you first of all we have to be looking we yes. have to be engaged with mm -hmm. other people and not consumed with ourselves right. but don't be afraid to speak up don't mm -hmm. be afraid to bring it to someone's attention. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, I noticed this. Are you aware of it even? Yes. Or are you okay with that? Or is that how you guys plan it out? Right. Is that kind of what you would and say? The, yes, exactly. And and I go by, again, different situations mm -hmm. because there's so many different mm -hmm. situations. But sort of the signs, are they isolating someone? Are they, as you said, talking in that power tone? Mm -hmm. Are they pushing them physically right, around? Right. Do... Yeah. Um, you know, just there's so many. Yeah. Um, but if you see something, it feels wrong, just sort of check in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Give the opportunity for somebody to say, right. no, I'm not actually okay. Right. And it takes courage to do that as well. Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Yes. To, to be that friend. Yes. Um, speaking of the signs of abuse, I'm just going to go through a couple that I was researching about and let me know if you experience them or, you know, how that could play out in a relationship mm -hmm. so that other people can get an idea of what this might look like. And to but, tie back in for your listeners too, as you go through these signs of abuse, like really pay attention. If right. these are the things that somebody's going because to, it could be, to it out. could have been going on for so long that that is your normal. Right. Uh, yes. Go, I always go back to health cause that's my thing. Right. But some people are so unhealthy and have been so unhealthy for so long. They, that's that's just their normal mm -hmm. and they don't realize it. Right. And if they start eating healthy, start moving more, and they start feeling better, like, I, I feel really good. Right. I can feel like this. Right. I, yes. I can be out of pain. Yes. Yeah. And it's sort of you learn how to maneuver, maneuver in that awful situation. You compensate. To, yes. Yes. That's one of the things I'll point oh. out in just a moment. <laughs> so <laughs> we already you. kind of brought it out a little bit, but you're, the partner, man or woman, whichever, mm -hmm. um, is putting the other person down in front of others. Mm -hmm. Now. There's a line, people. Right. We obviously, <laughs> we, my husband and I, we pick on each other. We right. both have things that we're going to pick on each other for. But intellectually, we know and we can hear when there is demeaning going on. Mm -hmm. and, and I think with that one, that is really one that it ties back into the emotional abuse, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. we, you're saying something about someone right. um, that it's not, you're not seeing it, right? right. It's just kind of going mm -hmm. in the head. Um, and... I I will 100% admit, and it's been called out to me too, that I would do that sometimes. And it was called out to me that that was sort of my defense mechanism. Like, oh, I'm out. Like, I can maybe say something uh, that yeah. I wouldn't be able to anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that actually a lot more coming out too. You're trying to put up a fight in the way that you could. Right. That it's a, sort of this situation where you're protected. Like, oh, well, I can... <laughs> 
<laughs> no, me well, too. <laughs> you know. yeah. um, and, and I've actually learned that a lot with sort of that more, I guess, the verbal abuse too. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of also could a be a defense mechanism. Natural defense. And, and so with that, again, if you're looking at someone, hopefully it's somebody that you're close to that you know that you can kind of see. Mm-hmm. But if you're just out and you see a stranger like saying something like maybe that's not actually the abuser. Right. Maybe it's the other way. Right. Other way. So it could be that in, so in, navigating in that environment that you never plan to be in, right. some people may have a tendency to quiet, hush, protect, <clears throat> or have a natural tendency to fight back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's something we could be watching is, are they really just picking at each other? Mm-hmm. Or is that deeper, a deeper issue that I hear going on. Yes. And I I didn't even think about it being that way. I hope I'm not like jumping ahead, but also, but also going back, there are so many statistics with, I want to applaud all the law enforcement, police officers and things that go to people's houses when a call has being made, Mm -hmm. because there are so many times when the abuser will call and flip it. Uh. And in fact, I, just met with somebody yesterday and we were talking about this because, you know, it was sort of all of this and then an object was thrown and then all of a sudden it was, that was the, the big blow up mm-hmm. when in fact that wasn't the case. That was one little piece. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of the defense, mm-hmm. but then the police were called and it was on back on the other right. person. And so you just have to really know and if it's a one-sided issue or right. one time you're seeing it, like that Which I may think not might be, be a good case. reminder of if you're, if you start to think you're stepping in this direction, mm. it's time it, you need to cut it off early. Mm. Which I think would be hard because you're so like hard. maybe yes. it'll stop. Well, which is where we need to get good advice mm-hmm. from someone on the outside. And there's so many different factors too because, and I know you said we'll talk about religion too, but the um. There may be religious or cultural beliefs mm-hmm. that keep you mm-hmm. staying in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the case. Yeah. We already addressed the financial. Right. Maybe you don't have the finances to get out. Right. Um, and we'll just go ahead and jump into the religious yeah. part. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I hear that so much. Mm-hmm. So, I again, with, with what I do when I'm working with individuals one-on-one, they're coming to me because they have physical pain, but mm-hmm. physical pain is usually an expression of mental and emotional stress. Yes. And I've heard it a thousand times in my 10 years of, I, I, I've been in this relationship for 20 years and haven't been loved for like 15 of them, mm-hmm. but I stay because I'm supposed to. Mm. And that just blows my mind, mm-hmm. especially when it crosses over into physical altercations. Mm-hmm. So you had some component of that with when you were going through your situation, getting out of it, so, just some influence? Yeah, I mean, so for me, so my parents were divorced mm-hmm. when um, I was young. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I grew up with divorced parents. I knew, for me, that divorce was okay, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and But still, for me, I didn't want to be judged right. or, you know, we hadn't been married that long. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to, you know, people to... judge stigmatize any of that and um so really it's for me it wasn't I need to stay because of this because I had known that right in my beliefs that divorce is okay 
Um, but sometimes that's outside just not pressure. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I hear it a lot, and there's families that pressure their mm. children to stay in the marriage because it's the right thing to do. Well, and it may not even be, you know, with family. Like I had people even very close to me um, who questioned, mm-hmm. who said, are you sure? Are you sure? No, these are people who did not see me. They mm-hmm. lived elsewhere. Right. Um, so I think if somebody would have seen me, right. it's a different story right. uh, because pictures didn't do justice yeah. either, by the way. Yeah. Um, but it was, are you sure? Are you are you, mm-hmm. is this really, can we work it out? Um, and, and I, I do understand. I don't fault them mm-hmm. in any of them right. that said that, but just, you know, I that wasn't helpful. Right. I think it's a good point to make is if you are having a discussion with someone going through this situation, be cautious of what you say. Mm-hmm. Don't, you do well. You don't assume. You don't know all the facts. Mm-hmm. So assume the worst, maybe. So if someone is coming to you telling you this is something's going on, mm-hmm. believe it at face value. Mm-hmm. Be the encouragement. Be there to help in any way you can. Mm-hmm. Don't bring in a negative aspect and make it worse, mm-hmm. which is difficult because we want oh, to. Yes. We want to see what's wrong, <laughs> fix it, and move on. Uh, yep. And of course, we want the best outcome for everyone. But if someone listen to what people say. And go on what they say. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best advice for that. Um, another sign of abuse would be constantly worried about making the partner angry, which I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that kind of ties back into um, maybe there's not a pattern. You mm-hmm. just don't know. And sometimes that can even be worse because mm-hmm. you're like, if, if I said this yesterday, it was okay. But now today is a different day. Yeah. And how's that going to come off? Yeah. So. That's, that's one you have to... That's a tough one because yes. you can't right. you can't plan for it, mm-hmm. which you shouldn't have to plan for it. But we're talking right. about getting through it and getting out. Yes. yes. Um, this is another one for public viewing is ex- always excusing your partner's behavior. Mm-hmm. So did you ever have a time when there was a physical altercation that happened that you had to make excuses um, in public? I, I think uh, f- so. For me, they weren't ever visible. Mm-hmm. So I I. I mean, yes, but no, they weren't visible because I could hide them, right. you know, right. it would be gone soon. Nothing was ever really, you know, maybe like a little red mark or a little right. something and I could put on a jacket. Right. Um, so I, it, I didn't have to say anything, mm-hmm. but physically you had just, you had to just intervene hide, in some, some hide it a little bit, like, you know, yeah, you had a plan um, for and, it. And let's be honest, not telling anyone is hiding it. Yes. And no one, no one knew, you know, my family didn't know, my friends mm-hmm. didn't know until I opened up and right. everyone was shocked. Right. Everyone was shocked because Which is another I hadn't scary part anything. of telling your story mm-hmm. is are they going to believe me? Because right. there isn't that visible evidence right. that you in some situations would have. Um, another sign of abuse is the partner is extremely possessive and jealous. That's mm. going to be some obvious signs. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've talked with some people. Was that part of your dynamic? Yeah. So with mine, kind of going back to when I said my house used to be happy and then it was, it, it got dark. Mm-hmm. Then it looked mm-hmm. dark. Uh, one of the things was the blinds started closing mm-hmm. all the time. So that happy where the light came through and then it went dark. A lot of people are isolated in the fact that they're, you know, quote unquote, not allowed to go out. Mm-hmm. If they go out, then they're punished at home. Mm-hmm. Mine wasn't, it, it was, I mean, I still went out, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but there was more 
sort of that disconnect right. too. Um, but yes, the isolation. Um, and for me, I didn't have that. I was still talking to my friends and family. I just wasn't telling them what was going on. Right. But one of the things is going through your phone. If your partner's going through your phone, trying to find something right. or not allowing you to talk to certain people mm-hmm. that for no reason except for their own, you right. know, um, that's, that's a problem. Not right. The jealousy, mm-hmm. that's... So these are all not only things to look out for in a marriage or a long-term relationship, but if someone is dating, mm-hmm. these would be signs to look out for. Yes, and especially with the cell phones for sure, um, but teens mm-hmm. as well, with teen dating violence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of the times it really starts with that jealousy yes. and, and that possession. And in this day and age with social media, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's just explosive. Yeah. And so it could start as young as that. Which is a reminder to parents to have these conversations with your children early. Yes. And to be involved in the dating process, find out what type of home your child's boyfriend or girlfriend are Mm -hmm. coming from. Mm -hmm. See what that dynamic looks like. We have to be involved, not overbearing. (laughs) You have an 18 year old, but you have to be involved and be coaching them along the way. And, you know, in my situation, I came to this, I had this epiphany several years ago because I said my daughter's 18, but my husband's an amazing father, amazing um, husband, just a great person. And so I had this thought one day, wait, what if she thinks all men in the world are as good as him? Mm. (laughs) I was like, okay, I have to step back and and have conversations with her Mm -hmm. because I, I, what I always say is I learned how to have a good marriage and how to choose a partner from a bad experience. Mm -hmm. So I knew early, I did not want to repeat what I experienced. That's what I learned. Well, now she's seeing this great person. So Mm. all guys that are cool and fun must be good, (laughs) but they're not, you know? So it's it's a great point to make is be involved with your kids Mm -hmm. young because it starts so young, unfortunately. Yes. Um, be involved with your kids in that in that process. Would you have any advice for moms, um, children yeah. dating? <laughs> yes. So um, really having those conversations with them, just like you said, let them know what a healthy relationship looks like. Mm-hmm. And so many people, you know, I don't have children, so I'm not able to say this, but from what I hear, you know, teens try to hide that they're dating Mm -hmm. someone or trying to hide their relationships because they feel like they can't talk to their parents about them. So let them know that you are their safe place. Mm -hmm. You can talk to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Open dialogue. Now, don't don't encourage them to start dating at a young age. (laughs) Try to hold Um, it off Because that's a whole other topic we could get on. (laughs) Yes. But um, really just letting them know that you are that safe place that Mm -hmm. you can talk to and show them what a healthy relationship is. And I think progressing from that point to as an older person, I think we don't spend enough time as I I can talk because I have two teenagers, so I can give advice. Yes. yes. (laughs) We'll see how they turn out if I'm not good. But, you know, just having conversations with them young to help them prepare for the dating world Mm -hmm. and the, the relationships down the road. And what I did, you need to sit down with someone that you're potentially interested in 
and have serious conversations. It's not just about attraction mm. and compatibility. Yes. It's, we need to ask the big questions. Mm-hmm. What is your philosophy of religion? What is your philosophy of How do you disciplining react when children? You get mad? Watch them and see mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what I looked for is how do they respond to authority? How do they respond to bad situations mm-hmm. when someone is wrong to them? Those are the things you need to look for to, if, the, if there would be any signs to be aware of. Right. But, you know, sit down and have conversations. How do you want to handle our money if I'm going to stay at home? Am I going to have my own? It just We have to ask those big questions in the beginning to hopefully keep things from happening mm-hmm. and maybe stop some things from even starting right. if you see some of those signs. I think that's a great point to make and could probably save some people for some bad situations. Mm-hmm. Um, the And the last one I had for signs of abuse was, you already mentioned it, mm-hmm. people stop spending time with friends and family. Yeah. That's, that's that's a sure sign something is up. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's a very common one. And you it gave is. a very exact reference was my house was bright and happy, literally, and it just went dark. Mm-hmm. So that's visible. Right. You know? Right. And it's not always visible. <clears throat> and maybe somebody's making an excuse for why they're not going out. Mm-hmm. But if they continue making all of these excuses and they used to go out and mm-hmm. they used to do things, mm-hmm. now... Again, every situation is different. Yeah, and seasons of life, you get busy or whatever. But But there's that change. Or if all of a sudden, if somebody says, I'm not allowed to talk to you, and there's there's not a (laughs) a backstory, um, pay attention. Yeah. Be aware of your surroundings and the people in your life. That's what community is for. Mm -hmm. So we need to be more on top of that. But with all of this, and I just can't reiterate enough that – Domestic violence. I thought that it it looked like X Y Z, and what in my I had in my head what I thought it was mm-hmm. is not going to be what somebody else thinks it is. Right, and that's why I say all the time, domestic violence does not look like one thing. Mm-hmm. You can't put it in one bucket. Right, and going back to everybody fights. Well, mm-hmm. that's a strong statement. <laughs> right, and so just because you're feeling that you're in a certain way and you can't put it into this exact bucket, don't, don't hold back. Don't push you it know, to the don't, side. Don't, yeah. right. Yes. Don't yeah. push it to your, the side. That's perfect way to put yeah. it. Um, because Be, every, it's just like your health. Not everybody's going to have the same. We're all snowflakes. Pain That's point. my yes, thing. Yes. All snowflakes. <laughs> and every so, relationship is different. I think that's And I think another good thing to point out, and this is something we all need to be aware of, is yes, we have, um, you know, cultural differences and some more some cultures are more excitable than others and some are more passionate than others and I have heard a lot well that's just how we are Mm. that's just how we talk to each other that doesn't excuse it and it can start something maybe you didn't plan for Mm -hmm. and if you both have a bad day on that day something could happen that you never intended Mm -hmm. so I don't think that's just how we are or that's just how we talk is an acceptable excuse Um, some people say we just yell. I don't think that's an appropriate way to communicate with anyone. And you can, by watching your tone, watching your expression, diffuse the situation. Mm -hmm. So we need to be adults about it. And if you have children, we need to be a better example to them of how Mm -hmm. to conduct yourself Mm -hmm. in a disagreement because they are coming. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I mean, (laughs) you can't have a relationship with any person without having disagreements and big ones, you Mm -hmm. know, I mean finances Mm -hmm. will do that to people how do you get through them what are you showing your children and sort of 
pivoting just a slight bit because this kind of came in when you were saying that too, are there are times, like I mentioned earlier, when I had a trigger warning yesterday mm-hmm. that I hadn't had in a long time. And it happened and I was in the middle of a conversation and it came on and I just got up and walked out of the mm-hmm. room mm-hmm. because I knew that if I sat there, right. that that was, it, or tried to explain what was going on, right. I, I wouldn't be It'd able spiral. to. I, I would. Yeah. And so I, I knew I had to get up. Mm-hmm. So I just got up. I left the room. Mm-hmm. I went into another room and I had to, you know, take deep breaths, sort of n- understand that that was a trigger warning because mm-hmm. you don't know when those right. are going to come up. Yeah. Um, and that's a big um, sign of healing. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a lot of people have asked, will I ever get over this thing 100%? Mm-hmm. Will I ever be fully healed? So, and I, again, we'll associate it with health. Things are going to come up. Things are going to happen. Sickness is going to come into mm-hmm. your body. We can't plan for everything. But the true sign of healing is being able to be aware. Like you said, I was aware this thing happened. And visualization is huge. Mm-hmm. We use it a lot with athletes because they say that you can visualize doing a motion and your body doesn't really know if it's happening or not. Mm-hmm. So you visualize, let's use volleyball for an example, serving that ball a hundred times and you get up to do it, you're going to do it better because you've mm-hmm. got it in your brain, memorized exact body mechanics. Mm-hmm. So that's actually a question I was going to ask you because we know these things are going to happen. You can't, even though you're out of the situation, you know you're safe, mm-hmm. you know you're in a different place, you're choosing better things for yourself, you're going to hear a word or you're going to hear a person or you're going to see Sound. a person that reminds mm-hmm. you of, and it's immediately your body is going to be back 10 yes. years ago. Yes. And then your brain and all your fight or flight mechanisms mm. kick in. Mm-hmm. So the true sign of healing is that you're able to put it into a frame, mm-hmm. like you said. And recognize and it. And recognize it. And you knew you needed to remove yourself mm-hmm. from the situation mm-hmm. because you could have fallen apart. Right. Or you could have started blabbing and talking about it and gone into a place where mm-hmm. you lost five days of sanity, really. Mm-hmm to that situation. So that was one of my questions for you. We know those things are going to happen. We know we're going to be in those experiences. So aside from that one situation where you just physically got up and moved yourself away Mm -hmm. and maybe even back into that, those first years of recovery when Mm -hmm. you were coming out, what are some specific things that you did? Because when I am working with people one-on-one or when I'm speaking to a group talking about being able to harness our body's ability to get down into the parasympathetic, mm-hmm. out of the sympathetic, you have to start doing things, having things in your tool belt. Mm-hmm. What were some of the things when you were first coming out of the situation that you did, and maybe even some now, that you literally have in your tool belt ready, because mm-hmm. that's the true sign of healing, yes. of being prepared, that you've done to help yourself? Yes. So one of the things is give myself permission to cry mm-hmm. at any time. If mm-hmm. there's, if, if it happens, if I'm telling my story, if... I'm hearing somebody else's story. It's okay to cry. Mm-hmm. I, I, that is something because if you try to hold it in, it's it'll it's, come out eventually. Not, and not usually, I'm like the worst place ever yes. in the middle of Target. Um, <laughs> so that was sort of the thing that I do now. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I sort of, you know, coming in, I said, "This is a this is a tough day. I'm having yeah. a really tough day today." So if I burst out in tears, yeah. I burst out in tears. Yeah. But it's you know, being okay with that. Right. But with one of the things with healing. Um, you go through the five stages of grief. Mm -hmm. And one of the things which was so just has stuck with me still to this day is in those early days um, that I was going through this, I was still 
black and blue and healing. And um, another survivor that I did not know was a survivor came over and sat in my house and was talking with me. And that was the first time that I learned that I was going to go through the five stages of grief. Mm. And the particular stage of grief that stuck out with this this woman was anger. And she said when she got to that stage, she went in her kitchen, she opened her cabinets, and she smashed all the plates. (laughs) And that just was sort of her release. Mm -hmm. And so she said to me, if you get to that stage and you want to go break plates, go break them. (laughs) And I never broke plates. But having that permission just – there were so many times Mm -hmm. when – I have never been that angry mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, but hearing somebody in the back of my mind mm-hmm. say, it's okay to go in your kitchen and go mm-hmm. break plates. And I'm not going to lie and say I didn't think about it. <laughs> so what I did you do like, in those moments of anger? I do think you remember? It was, I visualized mm-hmm. me breaking plates. Mm-hmm. I did not physically break the plates, but mm-hmm. I sort of visualized it. You could if you wanted to. Doing. Yes. Yeah. And that sort of was my, my release. Mm-hmm. And... I don't think that that person realized how big of an impact that that was for Which me. goes back to why you are sharing your story. Yes. If we don't make good use of these hard times and make meaning out of them, then there really isn't a purpose. And we, I think we need a purpose for these hard times that we go through, and that's why you're here. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need to be on the lookout for people that have a similar story to us mm-hmm. so that we can be a blessing, and that gives us a meaning or a purpose for what happened to us, mm-hmm. I think, and helps us heal even even more. Can you think of any other specific things that you would do even like today? So now we're removed yes. from the situation. If you start to get anxious or have memories, what are some things in your tool belt that you do to help your you find balance and peace? Yeah, I, I do think that it is also for me, just when we started, just letting someone else know mm-hmm. that I, I'm not okay today. Mm-hmm. And... Just letting someone else know, again, kind of gives yourself to permission mm-hmm. that if I fall apart right now, you're aware. Right, <laughs> you yes. Know? I've you're in you. on it with me. <laughs> but um, because trying to hold it all in, mm-hmm. um, going back to way before, people ask, did you go to therapy? Did you do this? The answer is no. The only therapist I saw was the one with my didn't work. now ex-husband <laughs> who said, you all are just newlyweds. Yeah. And so from that moment... No. And so it was sort of that telling someone, talking about Mm -hmm. it, having those little release moments for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's part of the story that I wanted to get to with you specifically. So again, everyone's different. Yes. But I wanted to point out, so you said you had never traveled anywhere alone Mm. up until Mm -hmm. up to the point where you were married. Right. So after you talked to your dad, you went through the divorce process you took a leap of faith and started traveling on your own. Oh. And that took you saying yes to life. Yes. So <laughs> I had I hadn't traveled. I had I didn't go anywhere alone. Mm-hmm. Um I may show up somewhere alone, but I always knew that there would be somebody there, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um because it was almost as if it was that that cushion mm-hmm. that if if something happens, if I mess up, well, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I I've got somebody else. And so after my divorce and you know, a few months later, my first real vacation um, 
It was over uh, the Christmas holiday, Mm -hmm. and I took a two-week cruise by myself to the Caribbean. (laughs) And that was my... I was scared to death. I'm not going to lie. Sure, sure. But traveling alone, I learned so much about myself Mm -hmm. that it is okay Mm -hmm. to be alone. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember the night before the cruise took off, um, it took off and I had dinner by myself for Mm -hmm. the first time ever. And (laughs) I was sitting there going, well, I mean, I I can do this. I can do it. And so it was, it was tough. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of those, those two weeks, I just felt like I, I I could do it. I was Mm -hmm. more confident, Mm -hmm. but. um, So I think a good point to make is in these crazy situations that you never expected, yeah. never saw coming, it might be a good idea to step outside the box try and try some things completely mm-hmm. new to you so that you start a new positive feedback yes. loop. And I'm not it? telling everyone to go on it. Hey, <laughs> go on a cruise. Absolutely. <laughs> but those it's healing. little things. Yes, <laughs> it was there. Yes. <laughs> but those little steps, those mm-hmm. little things, um, because once you sort of ease into it and you realize you might you might be okay, and then you are okay, and you're like, oh, what, why didn't I do this? There's a lot before? of psychology behind what you're saying, yes. just so you know. You're creating <laughs> new habits. You're creating that new feedback loop, and that's exactly what people mm-hmm. need. So from then you moved to California for a little while, and yes. then so from there. After, after my divorce, or as I was going through the divorce, um, I had a, a job, and I had the I told my boss I needed the time off, had the opportunity to move to California, and I had that opportunity to just start a brand new life that mm-hmm. was 3,000 miles away from mm-hmm. home. And once I was there, I just kept thinking about this shelter, this domestic violence shelter that I had encountered when I was in Georgia. Because before I moved out to California, I packed up my house and we donated it to the local domestic violence shelter. Mm-hmm. And what I saw at that shelter and what I learned even just about domestic violence shelters just stuck with me that they're not just a bed or a roof. They provide safety, security mm-hmm. programs mm-hmm. to help mm-hmm. survivors get back on their feet. Victims of mm-hmm. domestic violence get back on their feet, mm-hmm. become survivors. Yeah. And it, I just knew that deep down I wanted to do something to help those who don't have the support system. Right. So, again, through a traumatic event was born mm-hmm. an effort to help people heal, yes. which is, I think, a huge part of the healing process, mm-hmm. which brings us to these lovely blankets Soft that are blankets. here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you made the decision to change careers, basically. So tell us about that process. Yes. So I knew I wanted to help domestic violence survivors, and I just didn't kind of know how. I knew nothing about business, nothing about blankets, <laughs> um, nothing about selling. Right. But I wrote a business plan for Thread Talk, and I learned that blankets and linens were some of the most requested items in shelters. And one thing which I have since learned, which is so interesting, is I have talked to so many people who have stayed in shelters and are, are back out, and some of the things that they say is they remember the feeling of those blankets on mm-hmm. their bed when they were in um, in these shelters. Mm-hmm. Or if they were cold, they were grateful to have that blanket mm-hmm. to cover up when. And so knowing that blankets and linens were some of the most requested items in shelters, 
I I came up with blankets. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs a blanket. Co- cozying mm-hmm. up in those early days, I sat on my couch and I just cuddled up in a mm-hmm. blanket. Mm-hmm. So a portion of all of our proceeds are donated to DomesticShelters.org, which is an existing nonprofit to fund critical wish list items to shelters across the country. Mm-hmm. And not every shelter needs a blanket. Maybe right. they have other people who already donate them. Right. But every shelter has some sort of need. need yes. And so we now fund those specific needs that the shelters request. So these are all available online, different colors, different yes, styles. Yes, online, threadtalk.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, this is our confidence and love blanket. We also have a gray, which is our serenity blanket. And we have some baby blankets as Wonderful. well. Because there's just so many situations that people find themselves in, and they, they, they have children they're coming away with that need help and protection. And obviously, children love blankets. Yes, They get yes. attached to them. <laughs> so it, I, I love that that's what you landed on was something that is a constant. It stays around. Mm-hmm. It's, and that's what you chose your actual products yes. uh, to make the blankets is something that was sustainable. And the other thing, too, is when you're wrapped up in a blanket, you think about that blanket. Who gave you that blanket? Mm-hmm. And so in those times mm-hmm. when you're feeling alone yeah. and you wrap up in a blanket and you're able to say, mm-hmm. I remember. I'm I was reading alone. some of the reviews on your on your website, and it's so neat to read where people, some people that bought them, who they were giving them to mm-hmm. and the stories behind it. And it's another time you can just be an extreme blessing to someone yes. by that small gift that they, like you said, they know someone thought of them. They and they feel loved and mm-hmm. cared for. And mm-hmm. that's just another step forward for them in that healing process. Yes. So with the company that you have, you're having an impact around the world born out of a traumatic event that you went yes. through that you ha- are healing and have healed from. Mm-hmm. So now in the space and time that you're in now, what is your mindset? Because you're in a relationship now. I am. Yes, yes I am. Very happy. Very, very happy. And we're in a few before this one. And I'm sure there was a process that you went through that uh, got you to where this one is actually working well. Very much so. And what was maybe a couple of points of those that learning curve when you started to get back into dating and, yes. and seeing other people? It. I will be completely honest that it was hard mm-hmm. to date after um, it wasn't hard to, you know, hang out with somebody, but once you to make that commitment to really yeah. have a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I remember with the first person that I dated for a period of time after, um, I, I felt myself like being afraid that I was going to sort of go back into this, in this mindset or get defensive or think that if he says one thing, I'll interpret it as something else. Mm-hmm. And there's just this feeling that I didn't recognize at first, but had to sort of check myself and mm-hmm. say, not everyone is the same. So right. just because somebody says one thing, they may they may not mean it. Yes. Um, I can't get defensive all the time, but I was definitely very open mm-hmm. um, right off the bat that, hey, look, I'm coming out of this relationship. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how I'm going to act. I right. don't know what I'm going to feel. I think it's awesome though that you are willing to explore it. Mm. And it's a huge point for you that you were able to realize I can't put on this new individual in my life the attitude, actions, and history of this other person. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people get stuck in that paradigm and associate their new partner with their old one. Right. And they start 
bringing in problems to their new relationship that never would be there, there, but it's because they can't separate their mindset mm -hmm. from the past. And then taking it to the next level where I am in my relationship right now and extremely happy mm -hmm. is to also understand that people do nice things for you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there are nice people right. in the world. And that's a hard thing to, to accept. accept because mm -hmm. are they doing something nice? Because what's, what's going on? Um, when in fact they're just they're good people, just good people. <laughs> it, it's a good point to make to just see people where they are, accept them for what they're showing you and telling mm -hmm. you until you get new information. Right. And I, I will not say it's all roses and butterflies all the if time. If you did, I wouldn't have in my if podcast. Anybody, be lying. If anybody <laughs> says that, that's not true. Right. But there's a different way to disagree. Yes. Um, and, and your mindset has changed and you're able to do that. How yes. has your mindset changed in that way to be able to handle this? Yeah, it definitely has um, to not be so defensive all the time to actually speak up if something on both sides, mm -hmm. both sides mm -hmm. with me and the person that I'm dating if something feels wrong, if we feel like we misunderstood somebody to to talk about it and not let that miscommunication right. just sort of felter with you, fester. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And to communication is key. Yes. And if somebody's not willing to listen to you mm -hmm. or blocks you out, mm -hmm. that is also a telltale sign. Absolutely. So let's go into some ways to help if we do see things. So we want to talk about some ways to help someone that we think may be in this type of relationship. The first thing is to acknowledge, support, and listen. Don't try to fix. Yes, yes. I'm sure you may have had some fixers along yeah. the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Because it is natural. Listen, listen, listen. Mm -hmm. That is the number one thing because sometimes someone knows what they need to do. Mm -hmm. some, sometimes they may already have a plan. Also, again, every situation is different. Make sure that person is safe. Mm. Um, I have personally, even since then, because remember, I didn't know anyone right. who had ever gone through anything like this. Now I've met hundreds, thousands of people right. who have gone through this. And the question is always, are you safe? Mm -hmm. And even since then, I have even met people who have driven a U-Haul out and helped them, make them at a storage unit, unload their U-Haul while they're escaping in the middle of the mm -hmm, night. Mm -hmm. um, and so just to make sure, like, are you safe? Do you know where this person is? Mm -hmm. Are they going to come right. find you right now? Mm -hmm. um, so really understanding that situation mm -hmm. and making sure that somebody has a safety plan if it is needed. It, that severe level. Yeah, yeah. And the next point I wouldn't think would have to be said, but, you know, some people don't pick up on cues. <laughs> don't be judgmental. Watch your mouth. Right. I'm sure you had some people say some things to you, like you said earlier, that just was not helpful. Right. I, yes. Um, <laughs> the one that was actually super common and I got asked so many times is, well, what did you do? And mm. what... And, that just is not a good question. No. It's, it, it, you know. It's never it, it's, your fault just, that someone is physically abusive to you. Right. Never, never. And it just, that may sound like you're trying to to help figure out what happened in this situation, but also realize that it's probably not the first time that something's happened. Right. Yeah. That this is 
been going on. So even if you ask the question, what did you do? Mm-hmm. Well, which time? What are right. you talking about? That's just not helpful. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. Um, but in, you know, it, there are different things that you can say, like when you're listening to them, if there was a particular instance and you can kind of talk about that particular instance mm-hmm. and, well, is this the first time that this happened? Right. Just to, to Which is really that. just garnering more information. It's not... Well, let me tell you let what me, you should have done. Let me done. tell you, right. Yeah. I think the default concept will be just zip it. Yes. And listen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be the best yes. way to go. Because unless you've been through that situation, you don't know what to do. You don't know how you would have right. handled yourself. So just be there for the person and listen. And and to also, on kind of the other side of the coin, if somebody says, I'm ready to leave, I don't have a safety plan, just because you may not know how to help that person develop a safety plan, mm-hmm. there are resources. And so you may not be that person who is developing that safety plan, but you can help that right. take that to the next level. Yeah. I, I, again, I also share with, that with health. When someone is in extreme pain, they're not thinking clearly. When someone is in an extreme situation like this, they're not thinking clearly. Mm-hmm. So if you're just there to be that voice of reason and research, mm-hmm. just be that, that person. Yes. Just find the avenues. Mm-hmm. Be that clarity of thought for that person that can't think clearly in that moment. Yes. Um, another one that I think you touched on this earlier was continue the support after they leave, mm. after the divorce is done. Yes. Don't. They're okay now. They, they're, they're away. They're okay now. Yeah. So even to this day, this all happened for me five years ago. Mm-hmm. I still, to this day, have every voicemail that was left for me during that time oh, wow. on my cell phone. Mm-hmm. I refuse to delete them. I do listen to them sometimes, wow. every now and then. Yeah. Um, and also, there were people who had no idea what was going on, but knew that something, you know, I was, I was getting divorced or something right. was going on. And so they sent flowers and cards and whether they knew or not. Right. And just being that support and knowing that I had people out outside. Right. Um, so this happened Super Bowl Sunday. Valentine's Day was soon after. Yes. And I had some friends that I will always remember. I was just talking about this as Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. you know, is mm-hmm. around the same time that came over and brought me Valentine's and yeah. a funny little card and I will never forget that that's amazing and that's people that have a true heart for others yes just be thoughtful and that's a good maybe those of us that are on the outskirts if we know someone that's been through this over the past two years Mm. when a holiday comes up Mm. do something for that person send them a blanket yes cozy blanket (laughs) no but seriously that's that's a great tip for us that aren't Mm -hmm. involved in these things holidays are tough holidays are always tough for anyone that has had any traumatic event so around the holidays, do something for someone that you know has been in this situation over the past few and years. And even those random holidays, because for me, I mean, years before my ex-husband and I had gotten married, every birthday mm-hmm. it was his birthday, my birthday. We were texting, calling or mm-hmm. something. So remember not just the big holidays, yeah. because when the first year when both of our birthdays came around, right. that was really tough for yes. me too. And one way people can do that is to encourage involvement. So I can imagine, back to the health thing, you have two people that present with almost the exact same health situations. Mm-hmm. 
they're going to choose different paths. One is going to choose a path to, to do the things they need to do to get healed, and the other one is going to stay where they are and stay stagnant. Mm-hmm. So two individuals going through an abusive relationship are going to choose different yes. paths. So one is going to choose the way of healing and recovery. One, because of certain decisions they make, may spiral down, and that's where you get into some very unsafe places, mm-hmm. anxiety, depression, those type things. So as a friend on the outside... I can help them in that situation by saying, we're going out this weekend. Mm -hmm. We are going to a parade. We're going to whatever, Mm -hmm. but getting them to stay involved. And just, yes, that is huge because even just calling or just sending a text saying, hey, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because there were days, again, I was never alone. And now I'm in this house all by myself Mm -hmm. that I... I was just sitting there going, I don't know. This is so weird. Right. And I would get a text or a call that would so simple and right. it would just change everything. It takes so little to encourage And someone. it's not, as you said, yes. And it's not just right after something like that. Mm-hmm. It's continuing yes. on. Yes, um, yes, yes. Because five years later, the amount of messages and things that I received on Super Bowl Sunday mm-hmm. was just that awesome reminder that people remember. Yeah. And I think one point also to make when you see someone going through that situation is that you cannot rescue them from the immediate situation and you can't rescue them from their pain and recovery. Mm -hmm. They have to do that on their own, but you can be a catalyst. Yes. You can be involved in the process for good. Mm -hmm. Actually, um, that's such a good point because one of my very dear friends, um, I had no idea she was dealing with what she was going through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would check in, we talked, and she said, I'm separated. Things got really, really nasty. She was separated because my first question is, are you safe? Mm-hmm. Are, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And she says, I am, I'm separated, but I'm not ready to get divorced yet. And I said, that's okay, mm-hmm. that you don't have to. As long as you are safe right now, mm-hmm. you make that decision on your own time. Right. Because for somebody to come in and say, you have to do this right. right now. That's a hard process after you've just dealt with something, yeah. especially as severe as she had. Yeah. That it's okay. Don't push someone. I think it's a good point to make, too, when you're in those situations to shorten your time frame. Mm-hmm. You don't need to worry about what's going to happen next year, even next month. Right. If it's today, next minute, that's where you start. Yes. And that's how you start moving towards where you need to be. So you should definitely shorten your time frame. Don't put expectations on yourself. Mm-hmm. that make the situation worse. Mm-hmm. So we've gone through this whole situation, you it, you know, over the past several years, you know, Super Bowl Sunday is always going to be, it's, it is <laughs> it's going to be is. a day. It is. It's going to be quite a day for you because you can't unsee, you can't unfeel, mm-hmm. but you can choose to put things in your life that push you in the right direction. Yes. And that's what I see that you have done. Yes. So as you have began to help people, see people where they are, and they're trying to move forward, you are encouraging them how to do that. And that may look like different things for different people. Yes. And that is one of the things that I want to let people know that there is hope after divorce Mm -hmm. and there are after abuse Mm -hmm. and divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you've hit your rock bottom, that you can come back and that that's where I am right now. Mm -hmm. And I could have never imagined that I would be where I am right now, um, five years ago. Right. Because there was even a moment 
that I will never forget. I was on my couch. I was so angry. I was just had cried all day long and just didn't know, didn't know what tomorrow looked like. And to now look back on that and not forget how I felt that day, but to see where I am today Mm -hmm. in a, I, I have cut out negativity in my life and surround yourself with positivity and I want to be that inspiration that you can, there is hope yes, afterwards. Yes, absolutely. So I think it's a great place to end this podcast is there is hope. If, yes. you, if you're breathing, there is hope. Keep looking. That's the relentless mindset is yes. keep looking for people. If you don't have the right people in your life, find new people. Yes. <laughs> you know, keep searching, keep looking, do the things from rote memory that you need to do. Eat, drink water. Uh, get out of the house, wash. It's okay <laughs> to cut out that negativity. It's totally okay. Um, so any last words of inspiration or encouragement that you'd like to leave with our listeners? Yeah, my number one thing that I want those who domestic violence may affect your life if you're going through it, you are not alone. Mm-hmm. There are so many resources, domesticshelters.org, because I know you have listeners from all over. Yes. And so domesticshelters.org is actually a database for all shelters and programs. Um, so you can search by zip code and know right awesome. there to go back. And I was on that website and some other websites, and there is a plethora of information. Yes, the National Domestic Violence Hotline oh, there's as well. There's so much information. Yes, yes. so if you, if you are a person experiencing it, if you are a friend of a person experiencing it, there is literature out there, there are people out there, there are outlets and, to find help. And know that it's okay to talk about it. Yes, that's the first step towards change. So we will have all this information for her website and these awesome blankets, which I will be taking home this one. (laughs) Yay, confidence. (laughs) Yes. So thank you so much for being with us today. I hope it's been a blessing to you and an encouragement and you've got some information that you can move forward with either coming out of this situation or a friend of someone that is in it. So to continue to be relentless in your mindset for your physical, mental, and emotional well-being. Hannah Kay, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. See you next time, guys.